Welcome to the Shark Bite Show, where we dive into the stories of our members, coaches, friends, and family of Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition. All right, let's roll. Um, all right, guys. Uh, today, I've got my friends uh, Ruby George and Mather Wiswall. Uh, they're an amazing brother-sister team, uh, and they run the Florida Grid League, a semi-professional sports league encompassing the state of Florida. Um, they're two of the most driven people I've ever met. Uh, I personally have learned a lot from each of them and the Florida fitness community is lucky. They decided to move down here. So guys, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Having us. Yeah, no problem. I was really, I was really excited about this one. I thought it was going to be good. Um, So to start it off, who, who are the two of you? Ruby, you go first because people see Mather more often. So. Okay. Um, I am Mather's sister. That's been my name since high school. (laughs) Mather's sister. Um, I'm two years younger and I'm the director of operations for Florida Grid League. I actually live in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. So I commute to the matches. That's something I think a lot of people don't know. So that's pretty cool. And, and um, you over there, who are you? My name, Mather Wiswell, uh, Ruby's brother. And uh, in the FDL side of things, I am the commissioner. So currently head of of competition and marketing. So that side of the business is, is where my focus is. Cool. And the two of you are originally from the Pennsylvania area, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I currently live in a house up the street from where we grew up. Oh, that's super cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. What yeah. what got you guys to Florida? How, how did the Florida Grid League come from some Pennsylvania people? Well, the short story is, um, we were running a business in Philadelphia and then uh, part of which was involved in CrossFit competitions. Do you know the answer to this, by the way? I'm just curious. I know portions of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, we love CrossFit. We, I'm a big sports fan. I'm Philadelphia through and through. So, you know, the big four I'm, I've always followed and, and been really involved in. And so we always kind of had our eye not always, but we got involved with people that originally had their eye on melding the two concepts of team sports and CrossFit together. And so we had, you know, a little bit of event uh, experience in the CrossFit realm, but a lot of event experience outside the CrossFit realm and saw this meld as a big opportunity and started developing our own thing with some partners in Philadelphia that was actually similar to the concept of GRID. And then we heard about grid, Tony came out with this thing and our initial instinct was, well, we're, we're kind of done because um, he's doing this. He's got a lot more power. He's a lot better. He's got a better vision for it. Uh, and then we're like, well, maybe we can get involved. And so we started going down those steps. We went to the initial meeting in Dallas, the first meeting ever about the sport of grid. And um, we wanted to run the Philadelphia team of the sport of grid. And uh, there was another group out of Philadelphia that applied and, and got the Philadelphia team in the sport of grid, in the initial version of grid. And so we applied for Chicago next. And then we were looking at Miami as like a, an alternative. And of course, Miami was the one that ended up coming through. And I moved down to make it happen. Right. And that was so the Miami I surge, ended up right? here. Yeah, that was the Miami surge, and that's how I got down here and uh, really got sucked into the Florida fitness market. I mean, it's very, very different than than Philadelphia's, 
and uh, it's incredible. I mean, there's the, the size, the significance, the diversity, everything you can think of. Like, you know, Tampa fitness market is very different than the Miami fitness market, but it's all encompassed in Florida. So it's a, it's a huge beast uh, that I really enjoy being involved with. Of course, um, you know, Ruby has uh, her hands on all of it from, from Philadelphia. But that's how we ended up with Florida as our primary focus. And after the surge, you know, there was the question of, should we move? Like, should Mather come mm -hmm. home? You know, should we stick with Florida? And Mather was just adamant about, yes, we got to stick with Florida. It's <laughs> where he wanted to be. And, you know, we had put down roots um, in Florida with grid. So it made a lot of sense. Yeah. So Ruby, was that ever a discussion on your end in kind of the opposite direction, moving to Florida to make it uh, structurally easier? Yeah, um, my then boyfriend didn't want to move. And so um, we agreed that, you know, the surge was a risk. It was all of this has been a risk. And so he was not really looking to, to move. And then we ended up getting married and having kids and buying a house. And so kind of stuck here, <laughs> um, which is fine. I mean, I, I don't feel like there's any disadvantage to it, except that I don't get to go in person and like see people and experience the events very much. So I have to watch at home a lot or rely on Mather to tell me how much fun everybody's having because otherwise <laughs> at my computer and I don't get to feel it much. But well, I'll that, tell you what, I, like, I regularly forget that you don't live down here. <laughs> Especially as matches are going on, I forget that you're on the other side of the country because like, we're, we're talking through every one of the events. Yeah. And it, yeah, you, you seem to know what's going on in the same room I'm in most of the time. So it, I forget that all the time. Like the as one tournament was the most that I did this, but even during matches, you know, I would say like, okay, everybody else take care of the kids. I've got my phone. I've got my iPad. I've got my computer. And I'm just like going, like answering staff questions and putting the score on the computer or on the website. And just, it's fun. It's like a, being a, you know, a pilot or a control center or something. Um, yeah, that's I like what it. I think of. I think of you like a, yeah. in, a, in the space, in the, in Houston for the, uh, the spaceships, <laughs> like controlling everything going on. That's, that's what I think of. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I that's enjoy true. that part of it, but I'm so excited to come to matches in person this year. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, it is fun to watch them, but I don't think anything can really compare to the feeling of like being in the room as it's going on. Yeah, for sure. And getting to see the athletes and, you know, talk to talk to the people that like meet the people that I talk to all the time. I've never met some of our staff that we work with all the time. So mm -hmm. it'll be really fun. Well, so this is technically a fitness podcast. So I have to ask, you're both like extremely busy people. Um, like, do you still find time to work out? Mather you me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, my level of working out went way, way down when I had my first son, I had a C-section. So it took me a really long time to come back from that. And then I got into a good groove again and, um, you know, was working out. We have a home gym, which was super handy for the pandemic. Um, <laughs> and then I had my second son and I just have not found the time. I also got a full-time job at the beginning of the pandemic because my husband needed to find a new job. And so like this opportunity came up at the exact right time. And so I'm working full-time somewhere else. And so my grid time is mostly like early in the morning, kind of stolen moments throughout the day and then at night. And that's my, you know, I have my kids otherwise. So I'm trying to find time to work out. It's really important to me. It's something that's going to happen eventually, but it doesn't happen <laughs> a lot right now. 
<laughs> hey, I've seen video of you working out. I've, I've seen it, so I know it exists. It, it happens. <laughs> not as often as I would like. Mather, what about you? I, yeah, I, I, um, I went through my competitive phase of CrossFit where I wanted to, you know, maximize my ability, I guess, you know, strength-wise and everything else, and was actually on the fringe of being competitive. Like I was on the alternate for regionals uh, for the team that went to regionals at one point, believe it or not. I did um, not know that. That makes all my <laughs> intermediate jokes way funnier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, the people going to regionals wouldn't even be considered intermediate at that time because it was it was 10 years ago. Right. But, um, but you know, I was very focused on my physical performance, you know? So I went through that phase of fitness and I'm definitely not in that phase anymore. Um, once every two, three years, I get dragged into doing a competition and, you know, we'll relive that for a couple of weeks prior to the competition <laughs> and it's fun, but then I can't wait to not be doing it uh, right after that <laughs> um, because it does, it takes a lot of focus and effort and I just have other applications, but to get back to your question, yes, uh, you know, fitness is, is really important to me. It's part of what we do. Um, it, it allows me to do what I do for the Florida Grid League and for, you know, my family and my girlfriend uh, to be, to come to fruition. You know, the fitter I can be, the more I can have a high output, have high energy to do all those things. So it's really important um, from that perspective. But I do try to have fun with it too still and, you know, uh, get involved with friends and things when when I can just because that helps keep it motivating and fun you know yeah I think that's really important kind of what both of you guys said right like just because you're not working out seven times a week as hard as you can trying to max out your lifts I, I mm -hmm. don't think that's the same thing you know coming from a gym owner I don't think that's the same thing as working out for better life right, right. Um, 100%. I, I completely understand that right the there were times where I used to spend two and a half hours in the gym that is not the case and I don't think it'll ever be the case again for me right. um but that's okay I like it more now this way because mm -hmm. like you said I get to use it kind of as a catalyst for the rest of the stuff I do right um, yeah exactly. I'll say after Cody especially I noticed that going a week or two without getting my heart rate up just simply getting my heart rate up mm -hmm. my mood would plummet and then I would go do a 10 minute imam or something and I would feel the immediate benefits. And it was, it just became like one of those things where I was like, I have to do this for my relationship, for my family, for me. Like, I just have to make sure that I'm getting my heart rate up and doing something, even though it's not, you know, I'm also injured. Like I've got all these things going on, so I can't just go do any kind of workout. Um, and so I'm still trying to figure out like, what are the things that I can do safely, but it's, it's just a necessity. Like I have to make it happen. So going out and riding the bike for 10 minutes is considered a workout for me. And I'm okay with that right now. Yeah. I, I think that's really important to recognize that is a workout, right? Like yeah. just because you're not doing what some of the grid league players are doing, that doesn't mean that that's uh, part you're, of the you're not problem. doing the best workout. In. My whole social media scroll is like all of these other people that are in crazy shape and doing all of the things. And, you know, I let that sometimes affect how I think about my own fitness, but when it comes down to it, it's just a matter of staying healthy and being as healthy as I can in the circumstances that I'm in. Right. I think that's, I think it's important for me to get other people to hear that, you know, because especially if you, if you're in like a CrossFit or functional fitness style, like community gym, um, it's really easy to see the people who are doing the most and view, you know, view, view yourself as unsuccessful if you're not doing the most, mm -hmm. um, just getting a workout in is, is better than not getting one in. 
yeah yeah sure. and i think there's a lot of value in understanding where your best ability and performance lies and so like for me i feel like i have a much greater awareness of my genetic potential physically through my my crossfit experience which has led to you know understanding nutrition a lot better and understanding supplementation a lot better and some of the other factors that are involved with maximizing your physical ability which also translate in other things but you know i think there's two directions about crossfit one is how competitive it is and how that can be a negative but also um you know how do you mentally approach crossfit for the maximum benefit and I think the competitive aspect is really valuable, even though it's not something that I focus on now. I'm so glad that I had it because it it forced me to look at all these other variables that, uh, you know, help to achieve an optimal physical performance, but also an optimal being. And then I can have an awareness of how they affect me um, through that experience. And so if somebody's just getting into the CrossFit journey or just learning things, even if they create that competition with themselves, and or the person next to them that's in a similar, um, you know, ability level, which is one of the reasons I think level method is great, which is why I'm involved with it, because it defines those people for you and, and, and lets you see who's kind of in your general realm and that you can compare to that, that, that competition drives you, you know, you're never going to the games or whatever, but um you know, if you have that desire to maximize your performance, it just opens up all these doors of awareness that you wouldn't have otherwise, because you're so driven to maximize that performance. And there's a lot of benefit in that if you never actually use it in competition, even, or, uh, or anything. So I think it's one of the many benefits to the structure of the way CrossFit works. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I mean, in what other realm of our life, generally, do we get to kind of test that or, or push that or, or, see where that boundary lies and then make that boundary go further. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, it, and oh. just to touch on this real quick, because, you know, we talked about CrossFit and how CrossFit is so great at making you a, a well-rounded athlete and, and exposing and allowing you to work on your weaknesses, which is incredibly valuable. And we talked a little bit about the value of competition. Well, grid allows you you know, to, it lowers the barrier of accelerating the, the height at which you can experience some of that competition. So, you know, this doesn't exist on a great scale now, but your gym knows, you know, being involved at an all levels version of grid allows you to take your normal physical strengths and not be inhibited by your weaknesses and then go compete with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's, you get a lot of that value of competition and there's less bird entry at, to a higher level of competition where you just, you know, reap even more benefits. So I think that's like way that grid really complements CrossFit in general to experience some of those like maximum benefits that it offers. I think that's a really important point that a lot of people probably don't understand. And we're going to dive into grid a little bit or a little bit deeper in a second, but the, if I, if I, if I want to test my fitness in the weightlifting realm, right. In CrossFit, I can be impeded by getting to that testable level by burpees. Mm -hmm. Now that can just stop my ability to prove that I can do that or test my ability to do that mm -hmm. in grid. You're right. Like I'm, I'm not doing burpees. Like I, it makes it very easy for me to play around on a barbell or execute some gymnastics or do something more track and field like um, without having a hindrance that I'm not great at. That's a good right. point. Okay, so let's go into that then. Um, 
like we've done a couple of podcasts on this feed with some of the Southwest Florida Sharks players. So there might be a little bit of understanding, um, but most people listening to this won't like have inherent knowledge about it. What is grid? Review and take that. <laughs> My elevator pitch is <laughs> grid takes some of the elements of CrossFit and other sports, puts it into a team sport like football and packages it for entertainment like American Ninja Warrior. So it's got, you know, the strategy of football. It's got the elements of like CrossFit, weightlifting, gymnastics, um, but it's meant for entertainment. So it's going to, you know, hook you and you know what's going on very quickly. I like that one. Matter, what do you got? (laughs) (laughs) Well, our our kind of one liner, and, and this evolves a lot as we understand people's perceptions, but our one liner right now, which is like a boiled down version of our introductory paragraph is the world's most equal, diverse, exciting and captivating sports. And it's really the, the supporting elements that make that statement true, that make grid what it is. And there's literally thousands of them. So trying to boil it down is really difficult. But um, for me, the main factor about grid that makes it important in society is the fact that men and women play together on the same team it's the first true to true team sport to do that and true defining as more than four players on a team and um and that's all good and great it's a great quality to have but it doesn't mean anything if it's not super exciting it's not super fun to play it's not super fun to watch and so the exciting and captivating portion of it is just as significant as the you know, portion of doing good for society in in a way. But, um, you know, those two components are really important and try and include both uh, in in any short description. But, you know, that's like a general overview of what it is. It doesn't really get into how it works, you know? Yeah, that's, well, that's one of the the cool and challenging things about grid because, you know, I've kind of been an ambassador for it in our area is explaining it to others, right? And what I always try to focus on is, you know, take a thing you like doing, like how, however you work out. Now let's turn that into a sport and let's make it really exciting, right? Mm-hmm. And the, I think that's the thing that people don't understand, right? You know, as I, I say this as somebody who owned a CrossFit gym for a really long time, uh, CrossFit competitions aren't sport. They're just working out faster than the person next to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make them any less like impressive. It's right. cool to do that, but it's not inherently sport, right? Like grid is sport. There are rules mm-hmm. and there's strategy and there's, there's ways for, you know, I'm one of the coaches to take advantage of or be taken advantage of by the rules. Um, mm-hmm. Like those are the things in my mind that make sport versus training, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. The, the sport in, or the strategy involved with CrossFit is how to perform your workout better. And that's Mm -hmm. the restriction within it. And the rules of grid are how does your team perform better in order to, you know, defeat the other team in a repeatable version of a race, you know, which none of that exists in CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So it's like a very, like you said, uh, sport version of some of the movements that are involved with CrossFit, but really some of those movements are, are the only similarity to what CrossFit is. Yeah, right. And, and to be clear, CrossFit didn't like create clean and jerks, you know? Right. Exactly. Like these are all this, just body weight movements that have been done for hundreds of years. So. 
Yeah, it's the same association as weightlifting and CrossFit. You know, the weightlifting was doing clean jerks and snatches way before CrossFit was. But, uh, you know, and initially people would get it confused. But, um, and it's the same with gymnastics too. You know, there's a lot of movements that are performed in CrossFit that have been performed in gymnastics for hundreds of years. It's the same association with us. We're taking some of the movements from CrossFit, some of the movements from gymnastics some of the movements from weightlifting strongman and even making our own movements and and applying that in a sport team sport form like you like you said so before grid took over your lives what were you guys doing so i know you said you were doing the event management with sports in philly right or, or trying trying to kind of veer into that crossfit realm right what about before that um so Mather went to school for design um and so and I went to school for English but I didn't really <laughs> use <the> English <laughs> literature um and we ended up working both working at the same company um at a marketing firm so Mather was designing and uh selling um trade show exhibits and interior exhibits and and um, working with clients in that way and I came on as a project manager and so that was our first experience working together I only lasted about a year because I don't like having a boss. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and like I, my biggest background is in um, serving. So I've been, you know, bartending and serving and finding, fine dining restaurants and, and catering events and stuff like that for a really long time. And that all informed my project management um, job. So after that, we really liked working together. Mather was kind of doing a lot of design work on the side he started recruiting my, our mom, who is also a designer to help him because he was getting too many side jobs. So then he and my mom were working together on, on, um, these jobs. And I would kind of overhear them talking about sometimes like, did you invoice this person? Did I get paid for this job? <laughs> and I would say like, eventually I was just like, you guys, why don't you just let me do <laughs> like the invoicing and you know, the, the customer relationship and that kind of stuff. And make sure everything's on track so really slowly we just kind of the three of us like built this company together started in 2008 and we did it for about 10 years i think before is that right no it couldn't have been but whatever we did it for about eight years i think before grid came along and so the three of us had this company and, and we were working you know towards that goal and then one of our clients asked us to like you know we designed their website for them and then, and it was the, the website for the CrossFit competitions that this client was, um, was planning. And they said, Hey, my partner just left. Do you want to partner with me on planning these events? And we said, sure. And that, that's kind of like where Mather picked up the story with, um, with the events that we planned. And then we heard about grid and then kind of, you know, we still have that, that marketing company. So we've got like a couple of loyal clients that we've been with for years and years. And, um, still do pick up some jobs on the side sometimes but for the most part we shifted our our um focus to grid in, in 2014. Cool and that and that's G Wiz, right? Mm -hmm. G Wiz marketing. Mather needs to update his voice now. Okay. Um. <laughs> does it still say that? Yeah, yeah it does. Oh wow. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's crazy. <laughs> My dad keeps, but every once in a while, dad is like, mother needs to update his voicemail. Still says G. Wow. I can't believe that's never come to the surface until now. Ever. <laughs> I've, I've been saving it for five years for this moment. 
<laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> That's crazy. Right, oh, I'm going to have to get on that one. Uh, all right, no, so, I would be sad if you changed it. <laughs> I hope you leave it. I, I, <laughs> I hope 10 years from now it's still on there. <laughs> I'll be 95 and it'll still say that. <laughs> Just so um, you'll right, still so, stay happy. So I'm not technically on the FGL staff, right? But I, but I feel like I've been pretty intimately involved for the last couple of years, the last five years with, with how things go, right? As are most of the team owners. Now you two embody like what I kind of view as like the partnership dream. You know, you, you both have strengths and like relative weaknesses that the other one like complements perfectly. It's crazy because I, I mm -hmm. don't know if I would believe it if somebody told me that, but I've seen it for half a decade now. Like I know it to be true. How did that happen? How is that possible? My, I love my brother. We don't cover each other's weaknesses. That's not, we just, we just fight and accomplish nothing. How do you guys do that? <laughs> I don't know. It is kind of freaky, honestly. It is. Uh, we, we, we've had the polar opposites in like the strengths of our parents. You know, we've, we've noticed it before we started working together in that like there's certain aspects of our parents that they have strengths in that I embody. And then there's certain strengths that our parents have that, that she embodies. And, and they're the kind of the opposite. And I think that's why there's always been a natural synergy, not easily at times, but there's been a natural synergy in working together because like, like the story she just said about invoicing, like, you know, I was, it was a decent source of, of income for me at the time, but I was like two, three months behind in invoicing and I would never, you know, follow up with clients. So I, didn't, I just hated the money aspect of it. Like, I didn't want to keep track of it. I didn't want to have to deal with it. And, um, and that's where she thrives. So like, you know, it was a clear need that I wasn't fulfilling at that time in the company. And Ruby's like, I'll do it because that's what I'm good at, you know? So that was how it kind of like started. But for whatever reason, we just think opposite. But I think how we've grown stronger as a team is, overlapping our strengths in awareness and understanding of each other's perspectives that allow those strengths to be successful. But also, you know, I've just become a better business owner overall uh, because I've learned to take on some of those natural strengths that Ruby has by her coaching and ideas and in, in, you know, how to implement them in, in, in our companies and things like that. So uh, it's made my output and my contribution that much better because we've got, you know, 12 years experience working together and I've absorbed some of those natural strengths that she has and, and I think hopefully vice versa. So definitely vice versa, but also <laughs> I think we're both. So when we first started working together, our mom would say every other day, if, you know, working together starts to affect the family, then we're not going to do it anymore. It's like she, she said that so many times that it was okay. Do you not want to work with us anymore or what? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, it, it, for us, it's always been our relationship, our family first. And, you know, we, we get to talk to each other every day because we work right. together. And so like, that's, that's been awesome for our relationship. We've grown so much closer than we would have if we, if we hadn't worked together, but part of, of us working together is also like, we're so committed to, um, our own personal growth. And if we weren't, I don't know that we, we would be successful because we had to work through a lot of, you know, like 
hurt feelings from being 10 years old and like looking up to my big brother and he didn't want to hang out with me and like, you know, fast forward 20 years. And like, that literally would be affecting our businesses because like I would be feeling a certain way about it. And we had to like dig those out and deal with them. And it was really hard. There was definitely, there's definitely been some conversations that have been really, really difficult, but I am a better person overall because I dealt with that stuff. And because I learned how to you know, figure out what was actually wrong <laughs> and, and work through it with him rather than, and, and, you know, I, I attribute a lot of that to him because he is the type of person that will ask the question, why are you so upset right now? Like, what is it underneath? We're not actually talking about, you know, the type of, I don't know, project management software we use or like <laughs> this one email that I wrote or whatever. It's, it's what is actually going on. And he's open to hearing it. Also, you know, like I would get really mad at him for certain things that he wouldn't like fire back at me for. He would say like, let's talk through what's actually going on. And so it's been really helpful. Um, and I don't know that many people have a brother. Nobody has a brother like Mather, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's just a lot about like our personalities that would have made it really, really difficult, almost impossible to work together had we not been so committed to our own relationship and to our own personal growth. Another that big difference between like us is what's that is matter? Another big difference between us is that she would bring something like this up on a podcast and I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, That's, you know, part I, of it. It's all good. <laughs> I don't think anybody can see the recording portion when you're not talking, but I can just see neither squirming as you're talking. <laughs> Uh, I said, it, I'm an open book. I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> what it sounds like you're talking about, though, is like, um, like a like a level of trust, right? Like you, you both trust that you you care about the same end goal, and you're working towards that, right? I, I feel like that's probably the most common issue that like partnerships come into is that people have a want to be right, or they have a a, a belief that even if the other person is not inherently wrong, that they don't have the best interests or the same vision and values aligned. And I remember yeah. that, you know, I'm mad I met you first, obviously. And then Ruby, I legitimately thought you lived in Miami until about six months into the relationship. But I, I met you later. I remember feeling that immediately, like, you know, and, and what the vision and everything was back then is nowhere near what it is now but I remember feeling you two aligned. What, what I mean is like, it's much more, it's declared now, it's defined now. We, mm -hmm. I think if you, if we talked to that first conversation, rather sitting with you, me and Charlie at our gym, mm -hmm. that would not be a conversation we'd have now. But um, I, I feel like the two of you were always so on board and moving in the same direction. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. I, not at one point in the last five years have I ever felt like you two didn't have the same you know, short-term, mid-term, long-term goal in mind. I feel like that yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. There's times where we have to, you know, figure out what those are between us because we have slightly different versions of that or how we get to them, whatever. But we, we, you know, when we set out, particularly with the Florida Grid League, we'd been through it a few times at that point. We had a business plan. We wrote it together. Um, you know we were completely aligned on all the aspects of it. It had those one year, five year, 10 year goals. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that is 
you know, we, we set off on this, this path the same way and it's gone, you know, obviously different directions than we thought it would at times, but we've been pretty aligned in how to overcome the issues that have come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's super cool. And I, I kind of hinted at this earlier at the beginning, but I, like I meant it, I've personally learned so much from both of you. Um, I feel confident saying that like my business wouldn't be where it is right now had I not met you guys when I met you. I, Ruby, I can't, Matter, I don't even know if you know this. The amount of times I've hit up Ruby and been like, help me with this administrative task that I cannot figure out. You know, like it, this is a linchpin of the business that I cannot figure out. And I know that we're going to lose a ton of money or we're going to upset a ton of customers or we're going to make all these issues that we shouldn't have because I'm too stupid to figure out Google Sheets. You know, and, and Ruby's answering me at nine o'clock at night when I'm pretty sure she's already in bed saying like, this is, this is how you do this. And administratively, Ruby, the stuff I've stolen from the Florida Grid League that you might not realize for our events, uh, I mean, just so much better that we they never would have had it otherwise. And Mather, I have learned so much about communication since I met you. I, <laughs> your ability to not get angry at things that should 100% make you angry is, is a superhuman skill. It, I, I was on a podcast that I think I released this, this last week and one of our, one of our coaches, Chris asked me about some, he actually asked me that, like, how do you not freak out when people are doing things that should make you freak out? And I was so mad at myself because I didn't bring you up because I, I, when that happens, what I do is I, I put on my imaginary dreadlocks and my <laughs> recycle, recycled cucumber shoes. And I think, okay, like how would Mather handle this situation? What would Mather do? You need a bracelet. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, bro, your, your ability to communicate with people, all kinds of different people, and to get a bunch of people on with different, maybe different obvious goals towards a goal that everybody's happy with, towards a, a resolution that everybody wants, is, is astounding. Uh, and I don't think I would have had either of those skills had I met you guys. And I'm like eternally grateful for that. Madeline, Dude, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, First of all, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's amazing. Part of the amazing experience of this whole thing, but um, you know, obviously before we before I, I've learned so much from you, uh, from you know being involved in our conversation. You know, we've had our you know five minute combos that turned into hour and a half combos about life and business and everything else. And you know, I, I mentioned beforehand, like I just sent a book to Ruby, and it's Vivid Vision. So, you know, I know that's something that we need to do in the near term. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that just exemplifies, you know, the fact that we, you know, build from each other uh, and we build from the natural strengths that each other has. Because honestly, like, I think that's just a natural, but I have a lot of natural deficiencies that I have to work really hard on. But I think a natural efficiency that I have is the ability to uh take the hits and just keep going and um and I think and it's weird because I've actually thought about this because I don't think about it as as a unique skill because it's just natural to me just like Ruby can you know organize a spreadsheet like a whiz and it's a natural thing for her but I've thought about like okay why can I do this and I and I when I say like, just keep a cool head or think about what needs to happen when people are screaming at me or have their clearly had their own agendas that are coming to the surface and, um, and affecting how they think or communicate. And I, 
I really attribute it to my years in construction. Um, I had these two bosses that uh, were super hotheads, like, you know, scream at the drop of a hat, uh, fire you if you did something wrong, shoot a nail gun at you, like just, you know, serious things. And, um, you know, most people didn't make it working for him, you know, but the people that did, you know, they, they really rose up on a pedestal. And, um, and I think that experience I did it for six years and I you know, learned how to build a house from top to bottom from them. And it was a really hard and, uh, you know, hard thing to get through because it was so challenging in so many different ways. But I think that attributed to the ability just to take hits and keep going. Um, and, you know, when you get, an interaction that really would fire a lot of people up just to kind of be able to take a step back and, and, um, and it, I've definitely recognized how uh, few people are affected that way um, since then. So I think it's a, it's a, you know, one of those skills that I'm really appreciative to have that just kind of came naturally along with some experiences, but I think is under, valued in your the grand spectrum of what's important to operate a business but just you know have whole fulfilling relationships in life and um you know those fulfilling relationships like being a part of floor good league has made me such a better person from having people like you and matt and taylor and, and all of the team owners chris and storm and everybody has a different perspective a different way of looking at things everybody's got significant accomplishments um owns businesses. There's not a, a, a team owner in the league that doesn't own multiple businesses, with the exception of maybe Chris, but he's got a full-time career and he runs a, a, a team as well. So, you know, I think, you know, having this collection of accomplished people that are very diverse from their perspectives and how they approach things to do things just makes us all better. And it's a huge value to, uh, to be a part of. And, the NPGL was the same thing. Like, you know, a lot of people, and I think a lot of people left that experience. Like that was a complete waste of time and money and everything else. But I, I would do it again uh, if it left me flat broke and whatnot, because I came out of the other side of that, a completely different person that will excel at, you know, so many new things because of who I was exposed to the experiences I went through, but really primarily who I was exposed to, you know, and being involved with people like you and, and, and other, even, even sponsors now, like sponsors are coming up to that level of, you know, having a really positive and influence on, on my personal life. And, and, and so I think that as much the benefit of being a part of a group like this, that, that as anything, and it's really shaped just so much, you know, for me personally, I just went on a tangent, sorry. <laughs> Dude, we could let you go for two hours. <laughs> I could have kept going too. I had thought of ten things I wanted to say just now, but I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. Oh man. Well, I, I wanted to make sure you guys heard that from me because I'm I'm super thankful for that. So what are um <clears throat> some of the unexpected hurdles we've had over the years, right? Because I, like we know them, right? But every not every year, almost every year, there's been a pretty significant event that's happened like at the beginning or at the end of the season, right? What are some of those for people who maybe don't know about them and, and think this is just a flawlessly running ship at all times? Hurricanes. Yep. The, the damn hurricanes. Yeah. Canceling matches, canceling championships. Yeah, we yeah, had, I mean, we, we had two, we, right? Two we had hurricanes. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, we've had uh, significant partnerships that have been really bad as far as uh, the outcome, quote unquote bad. Um, wouldn't change it, you know, it's, it put us on the path that we're on now. Uh, and, and I think is an incredible path uh, to be on. And, uh, but, you know, every year we've had to cancel significant or change significant things, you know, because of a hurricane or a natural disaster like a pandemic. <laughs> uh, but every year we've gotten stronger. And I think that's the, it's not, I think, you know, our ability as a team, the, all of Florida Grid League, the team, owners, the Florida Grid League staff, but also the players too, because they've got to be mentally nimble to overcome all of these things and not be like, ah, they, they don't know what the hell they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but to be able to see the bigger picture. Uh, so I, it's, it's a testament to the whole group, but it's more than that, a testament to the sport. You know, the sport will live on and drive forward as long as it's given the opportunity. And all we're doing as a group is giving it that opportunity um, because it needs to exist. Like there's just too many reasons for it to exist to allow something like a hurricane or a pandemic to slow it down. And that's the reason that it's, you know, continued to strengthen year over year, even with these significant challenges that quite frankly have put a lot of other similar entities right out of business, you know? Yeah, the, the, I, I was thinking about this right before we got on, right? And the, the as one tournament, which we did last year or, or this last winter, maybe couldn't have been accomplished had we not already had to learn how to do backflips because of the hurricanes and the ways that the other seasons had to be changed so drastically, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Ruby, I, was, I talked to you a lot during the as one tournament, right? But like, how the hell did you guys accomplish that? First off, what was that? What, what, what was that tournament? The Aswan tournament was the first time that all eight teams were together and, and playing and, and um, got to play each other, which was really cool. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was a two-day, uh, I don't want to say it wrong. It wasn't a, it wasn't a double elimination. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tournament. Uh, it was a tournament. It was, it was a tournament. tournament. <laughs> Everybody got to play twice, and then four teams got to move on to the playoffs and the championship. Um, and so we, we put on eight matches in one day, which was a God awful idea that we'll never do again. <laughs> um, but it allowed everybody to play. And like that, that I think was the biggest thing that I came away with, with, from the, as one leading up to it. And after it was over was just people like really, really loved to play. There was no fans, no spectators because of COVID and just, you know, everybody was saying that the energy in the building was just like more so than any time they've ever ever played any other way you know and so it's just like people love the sport and it has a place in society to make people happy and better and you know all of the reasons that matter stated before but like it's just fun you know so mm -hmm. um yeah so when we started you know when we had to cancel the season which was right around this time last year um you know, it was, it was like super unsure. We did an online competition first and we, you know, had that idea like immediately and it took us a couple of weeks to put it into motion. And by then a lot of other online competitions were happening. Um, but we had that idea immediately because it was like, well, we got to do something, you know, to keep people playing and, and talking and the, and the energy up. And then, um, you know, we were planning along the way and, and, 
all along it was kind of like I halfway hope this doesn't happen like I hope that the government shuts us down or like something to tell us that no you actually can't do this so that it wasn't our decision that we were going to go forward and then something you know like if there was an outbreak at the as one tournament or something like that like I would have felt personally responsible for all of those people's health and that would have that was really really scary for me personally mm -hmm. um and so just like going up to it was was always kind of like, well, we don't even know if this is going to happen, but we're going to act like it's going to and just in case it can. And it turned out to be such an awesome experience. Um, but I was going to say, like some of the challenges we got <laughs> leading up to the as one were just, you know, like we had our staff set. We were like, all right, awesome. And then we lost both of our chief refs. So we had no, no, like, you know, and refing is one of the most important parts of, of fair play in, 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 a, in a match. And so we were losing staff left and right. Teams were losing players left and right. And it was just, you know, consistent challenges and challenges and challenges leading up to it. And it was just like, we're used to this. This is just what happens. You know, like <laughs> I have this list of challenges that we've, we've um, experienced since starting the Florida Grid League because someday we're going to write a book. And so I'm keeping track of them all. And there's stuff like Mather's computer got stolen like four days before our first match. And, you know, like just random stuff like that, that like just should have derailed us. And, and we're just so used to it that we just keep going. It's like, all right, there's another one. Shift. <laughs> the one thing I want to point out related to the as one was that, and this is just a testament to who we lucked out with as team owners, but everybody just rolled with the punches, you know, and I've been involved with businesses before where that is not the case where, you know, people are like, no, no, no. Like, this is my objective. This is what I want. You know, it has to be this way, but everybody's just like, you know, we, we all know that this is, we've got to be flexible to make this happen. And, and everybody's ability to come at it with that perspective. And then, you know, basically have that trickle down to their teams because the players also came with that mentality. Like, look, we just want to play. We just want to go compete. We want to have fun and we want to try to win. Um, but, you know, the ultimate goal is to go there and compete and have a positive experience together. Uh, and because everybody was thinking that way, it was able to happen. If everybody had thought like it, ha it needs to have this type of situation or I'm not doing it or it needs to have this type of scenario or I'm not doing it, it wouldn't have happened, you know? So it was as much about uh, the, the, you know, positive leadership of everybody involved at the team ownership level that made that possible. Yeah, I, I think there were so many um, adaptations that people had to make, businesses had to make as, as to what they did in the year 2020, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I, I think this is, it was amazing that it happened and that it, it went as flawlessly as it could have given everything i mean like i think i talked to people who were watching and they weren't aware we had any hurdles <laughs> they were like that was a great is, event i don't know what you're talking about how yeah. well it went even mm -hmm. with you know very few staff and just people were uh, yeah it's it's pretty shocking that it went with that well but again you know it's it was our fifth season so or no this is our fifth season this is our fifth one yeah yeah <laughs> but it was you know it was the fourth time that we've done this so like matches have a process, you know, we had people there who had done it before. And so they're just continuing to teach new people how to do everything and, and make sure that, you know, we it went as smoothly as it did. And it wasn't our, it wasn't because of us that it went that smooth. It was because of all of our, our, our team that was making it happen. I want to make something very clear here. And that is that 
I'm able to look back now and see that as a positive experience. But, uh, <laughs> you know, during those two, first of all, the week before, for whatever reason, you know, it, it like the hits kept coming. Yeah. You muted, Matt, you muted. We want to, you know, we want everybody to be happy to have a good experience. And when things get in the Oh no. Hold on. Is my audio changing? Yeah. Yeah. You're back on. You're back on. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. So let, let's back that up. Oh, you yeah. said, you, you said it, it was a positive experience looking back on it. Right. But. Right. But yeah. So, I mean, you know, because we want to do such a good job for everybody that's involved that puts anything towards the event, team owners, players, everybody that's involved, anxiety rises. I literally didn't sleep for, you know, probably four days. Like I was getting an hour or two sleep a night. And um, at the event itself, like almost no zero sleep, you know. So the I had slept very minimal for like five days. And of course, there were problems like it wasn't, you know, there was a lot of problems. And one of them was super crushing for for me personally and it had to do with the media um and so there was like a week hangover where it was really tough to get out of bed like i couldn't get anything done like functionally it, was, it felt like i was trying to climb out of quicksand you know what i mean just mentally the the uh i was crushed um and that was one of the you know i feel like i say that after a lot of events but that was definitely the worst i had felt after an event and so there was like, even though we were getting a ton of positive feedback, it took a really long time before I really felt like, okay, that was worth doing. All right. That was a good positive event. Just because I was in such a low point, you know, physically and mentally because of how hard that event was, you know? Um, and, and I think it's important for people to know that too, because like, if we just kind of say, oh yeah, it was awesome. It was great. <laughs> like, uh, there was a big, big toll paid by everybody that was in a leadership role. And that includes team owners and, and everything else. Um, and then, so like for me personally, like I said, that there was a week of before I could even felt like I wanted to, you know, do anything, honestly. Um, and then it took a while after that before I was like, okay, that was successful. But now, I mean, there's, but the other thing I will say is, even though I felt like that, I was looking for new ways to have grit. I was like, how can we get an event as soon as possible? I don't want to wait for the next one. Uh, and it's just this weird paradox that goes on that you just can't really explain, but, um, but is a very real thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to recognize that it wasn't all sunshine and roses. It was, it was a brutal, brutal experience, but I think that's part of what 2020 was and ultimately you know, you either learned and grew from that uh, or, or you didn't. So. I know I loved it. You know, our, our team personally uh, didn't do too well, still had a really good time. Still had a really, really good time the entire time. Um, and I, interestingly, by far the worst, like statistically our, our team has been in a season, right. If we're counting that wins and losses, nothing but positive feedback from the players, like just 100%. We love that. We can't wait to do that again. Can't wait to do something like that again, you know, different from our normal season. So um, I think that says a lot, right? Because generally a team getting their ass handed to them for an entire day doesn't leave with like a great taste in their mouth. 
um, and everybody still really enjoyed it. So that was cool. Awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I think there are some variables that contribute to that. One of which is there was some really awesome moments in you guys' performance yeah. that yeah. you know were were had to contribute to like seeing the the ability of the sport to have a positive impact on people. Um, you know, regardless of a loss at the end of the day, but like winning a gridlock uh, or making it to a gridlock, I should say. Uh, was an incredible experience that that had not happened to that point. So, um, you know, I, I think that, but also, you know, so much of our experience is hinged off of expectation, you know, and, and I think that that tournament is no better demonstration of how we set our expectations is how the income outcome is every single time. And so as a team owner, um, you know, I hope we take a, as, as league owner and as team owners, I hope we take a cue from that because, you know, what is important when we play the sport? What is important when we go to have a match? And how do we want to be on the other side of this, knowing that we can't control everything that does happen? So um, I think that was a good, good kind of perspective opener in that, that regard as well. So with, with us four years down, four seasons down, about to start the fifth season, right? What's been each of your just like favorite moment we've had so far, or maybe favorite favorite part of what you've gotten out of grid? We're, we're going to talk specifically about the Florida grid league, not, not the MBGL or any of the experiences beforehand. Ruby, you want to go first? I don't know. Do you have something? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say... I don't think it's a one single moment, but it's kind of like a collective moment and it happened in 2020. But it's when, uh, you know, social media started taking off. Um, and I think it was a combination of a lot of things, but it was complete verification that everything we knew <laughs> is true as far as where the sport can go, the impact it can have on not just people who play it and interact with it, but, but people that watch it and appreciate it. So, uh, you, know, you know, doing something like this is such a huge risk that when you have those moments of clarity and validation, it's super, super rewarding. And, um, and I would say, you know, we have like 26X the social media following from this past year that we did going into it. And, um, and so that kind of, journey uh is is probably what i would say yeah i think for me it's the <clears throat> seeing and other and working with other people that get it and then want to learn and grow with us so um we've been working with Lindsay, our season director uh since year one she reached out and said hey this is cool can i help and i assigned her one spreadsheet and she did it really well which is very rare to find in, in people who want to help and so she just kind of like kept growing her role um and when we had you know when we needed somebody because i was i was here and we needed somebody to to run some matches 
um, you know, she stepped up and she was able to do it. And then she found some other people and, you know, people would drive from Tampa to Miami for every match because they wanted to, they felt such ownership of the matches and of the sport that they wanted to be involved with everything that they could to ensure the highest quality of an event. Of an event. And that is something that I have been at every job I've ever had, you know, and I think about like fine dining a lot, like going and having like 26 steps that you have to do for every table and you're at a different step, you know, at each table that you have and you all have to be kind of a team and seamlessly working together and, you know, watching the NPGL have their equipment crew and kind of like everything was really, you know, we were on NBC right away. So like the refs and the, like everybody on the crew had to be like, almost part of the entertainment themselves. It couldn't be like a crazy, everybody's running around, not with their heads <laughs> cut off kind of thing. It had to be seamless. And that's been, you know, our goal from the very beginning of like creating that kind of experience for our staff, having, and then just watching that kind of come to fruition. Like we're working with four or five different interns now. So we've got like a crew of interns that we're working with. And we've got, you know, Lindsay and Kathy and Tomas and Miguel and like all of these people that have been with us for years now. And, and, you know, Kayla and Kayla. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're bringing on our first person full-time to work with us essentially. Um, nice. Yeah. Like we're, we're growing our, our staff, our team, our like behind the scenes team so exponentially now. And that is the thing that gets me the most excited because I mean, ever since, like I, like I said, I hate having bosses. <laughs> I don't like it at all <laughs> because they never do things the way I think they should be done. <laughs> and so I just, you know, one of my goals since I was like early twenties is I want to be a boss where other people like enjoy working because I let them and like do things the way that, you know, makes sense. And, and this is like kind of the, the realization of that dream is, you know, one of my goals is to have this company be one of the top 10 or 100, I don't know, companies to work for by Fortune Magazine. Like, I want that. I want that to be named. We are a good company to work for. And so, I don't know. It's just, that's really exciting. And it started, you know, in, in 2016 when Lindsay started coming on and it's just growing and we're getting better as leaders and um, people are growing within the organization. And it's just, it's really fun. That was my favorite. I love that. I love that. That like, I, I, so like as the owner of Sharkbite, I love that. That's, I, I resonate with that so strongly. You know, the, yeah. the want to be somebody who people want to work for and work with. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. that yeah. That, that's awesome. Guys. I'd say my, my favorite has been just like the people we've gotten to meet, you know, the, yeah. the, like the relationships that I wouldn't have if not for the grid league, mm -hmm. you know, I talked about that on the podcast with Derek and Francisco, two of the players on our team. And, we talk about how many friends we have now that we just literally never would have had otherwise, you know, right. Um, right. How many, awesome. how many connections professionally and personally each of us have now that we can use and hopefully have for the next 20 years, you know, and I, like, I didn't grow up playing sports, so I didn't have that naturally, you know, mm -hmm. to, to have that now feels awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so true. I mean, there's a level of respect, connection, appreciation that happens no matter the difference between you and somebody else in a journey like this, you know what I mean? And so, you know, that can't be established in other ways. And you can fall back on that uh, in so many ways when you need to in the future, you know? So that's it's also a very rewarding thing as how I've 
grown from knowing people like you in the league uh, and, and working with a common goal with people like you in, in the league. And then having, you know, hearing about conversations that you've had with Courtney and, and other people that, you know, have had impact on you and vice versa because of this league, you know, and that's, that's an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah. Well, so now that we got emotional about the past, what about the, the season coming up, right? Season five. Um, there's some statistic I'm going to mess up where it's like X percent don't make it to year five of anything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing it. It's, it's happening. We're, we're blowing that away right now. What, what are you guys most excited about for this season? Being there. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, I really, really, really am excited to come to an, a- an actual event. And, um, you know, I'm going to leave my kids at home. <laughs> so I get to just focus on, on, you know, doing what I, I feel like I do best, which is, is running events. Like, it's just so fun to, to be working with staff and to kind of, you know, make sure everything's going well. And then to also get to see the players and, and, um, you know, it's going to be a really cool and exciting season because we have so much going on Europa games to start off. And then, you know, we've got like double headers and we're growing so much. Our sponsors are really cool. Like I'm, I'm excited to keep announcing those because there's some really good ones. And um, yeah, that's what me personally, not what I'm excited for, for the company, but I just can't <laughs> come to a match. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really excited because I think we'll be able to support people that have been involved and are getting involved in a way that we've never done before. So uh, financially, um, physically, uh, you know, experientially, you know, the, the team owners, the players that have devoted their time and effort into playing this sport, the sponsors that have supported us for years, but also the new ones that are, you know, still not knowing what they're getting themselves into, but see something there and they know they need to be a part of it. Um, You know, that just means so much to me that, and we talk about it all the time. It's like being able to provide value for being in the league for those people, I think is going to take a big step up this year through a lot of different channels. And, um, and part of it is shining a light on, on the players and the teams. Like, I just love that ability because there's so much incredible talent that the world is starting to recognize and see. Like, that's why we're growing on social media so fast as we are because the players in this league are freaking incredible and people are like, wow. Uh, and so just doing more of that, you know, and uh, shining a light on their abilities, getting more media out there into the world and, you know, I really believe we'll be on a television network in, in 2022, maybe even the end of 2021, but we're having those conversations now. And, um, you know, we, it could have even been before now if if 2020 wasn't what it was, but I really believe that that's coming soon. And that really gets me excited because everything is in place there. And, um, you know, we already know the, the potential of the players and the impact they can have on people. We're seeing it. It's a live thing. And when people become more and more aware of how the sport works and what it does and, and how important it is, it's only going to, you know, make the, the fan base grow as well for the players and for the teams. And, and that's what that gets me going. The amount of comments that we get about people saying, 
you know, I'm inspired to go try this in the gym and, and, you know, like you guys keep doing what you're doing. Cause this is so inspiring and, and exciting. And like, that's so cool to see that people from around the world are watching the people play in our league, you know, and people are traveling from around the world in order to play in our league. Um, it's just like, it blows my mind when I really think about it because every day it's like, we're just going along, we're, we're playing the season just like any other time. But when you stop and think about where we are and how many people are, are watching now, it's incredible. But I, I want to say like, that is a really incredible thing. And that's 110% because of the players and what their ability to do, because people are recognizing that they're seeing it like, holy crap, that's amazing. And it's what a player can do. The only thing we are doing is giving them a vehicle to showcase what they can do um, or, or not even giving, but it's like creating a structure for people to be able to see what they can do. And people love excellence. People love, uh, you know, extreme ability. And, and the players in this league have abilities that are literally top in the world and play. And, and, and so, you know, that is, an incredible thing to be able to showcase. And we're seeing the result of that and, you know, working it up the ladder of being more aware of the sport is like the secondary thing that we've got to go, do a good job of, of capturing. But, you know, the fact that we've got more attention now is 100% of the, the, the players. And so it's important to recognize that, appreciate that and, and continue to highlight that. Um, and then just work on doing our job of letting the, the, you know, the, the excellence of the sport itself shine as well. I, so I told a couple of the players that I was going to ask, uh, that I was going to have you guys on, right? Um, and I got, Mather, a question for you that I thought was really interesting. So to be clear, this is from a, you can relax. It's not a bad one, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, um, so for some, for some context, this is from a player who's been a player for many years and is still a player, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I thought that made the question more interesting. What would you say to potential players who are, who are scared because grid looks like too dangerous for them, mm -hmm. right? And especially talking to potential players from say like a CrossFit or weightlifting or track and field or gymnastics or insert any other competitive athleticism background, right? Like what, what would you say to them who if they think grid is too dangerous because they are seeing things like Quentin doing backwards roll the supports, you know, or, mm -hmm. Paola flying around on the rings of the bar or they're seeing Noel move a bar faster than should be humanly possible, right? Like what, <laughs> what do you say to them? Uh, I say, uh, if you enjoy football, if you enjoy hang gliding, if you enjoy skateboarding, if you enjoy skiing, if you enjoy um, MMA, if you enjoy rugby, any of those sports are more dangerous than the sport of grid. And, it, and, and it's really, it's, it's, I've thought a lot about why people focus on these movements being performed quickly as quote unquote dangerous when it's not really dangerous in the spectrum of sports whatsoever. It's in fact, it's probably in the bottom 5% of danger when it comes to sport. And, um, and I think, I think personally, my own theory is that CrossFit has this reputation of being injury prone but that has to do with training crossfit over a long period of time as a person that's in fitness right so people want to scare people away 
because they think, oh, you know, snatches shouldn't be performed for time. You shouldn't be doing kipping pull-ups, uh, 100 pull-ups in a workout. Okay, that's somebody's perspective. And then the way that CrossFit has been traditionally, um, which is not now, but traditionally they, they, they fight fire with fire. They come back with snarky comments and things like that. And it just exacerbates people that want to put CrossFit down. And so this generated this whirlwind of people when they see a kipping pull up, their immediate response is that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's created a whole culture around any movement that remotely looks like anything that CrossFit does is that's dangerous. And even, it even infiltrates CrossFitters, you know, they have to defend why a kipping pull up is a reasonable thing to do. And in competition, again, it's one of the safer things you can do in competition when you compare to other sports that are popular in the world. But a kipping pull-up, you defend that. And then so when we go and do something that's even crazier than a kipping pull-up, well, even CrossFit is like, wow, that might be dangerous. You know, um, okay, go tackle a 300-pound dude without a helmet and you're playing rugby and that's, you know, go get hit in the face repeatedly in MMA, get choked out in MMA, and then go tell me doing a kipping pull-up is dangerous. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, but it, it's not, I'm not mad about it. Like I get passionate about it because I think there's such a disconnect. There's such a disconnect in, in reality, but the way people are valuing it in their minds. And that's just a challenge that we have to overcome. It's like, you know, sports, there's an inherent risk in sports, no matter what sport you play. When you do things fast, when you're searching for the peak of human capability, you're pushing your limits. That's the definition of sports. You're pushing your human limits, and that comes with risk. And the benefits that come from it are worth those risks for most people, and that's why they do it. And I know personally, I've taken risks. I've gotten injured. Wouldn't change it for the world. Some people get dramatic injuries, but when you talk about the risk of playing grid in the spectrum of sports, it's minuscule, you know? And, um, and so I think, you know, that's like a passionate topic that I appreciate you asking because when you look at it in those terms, it's a no brainer. It's like, if I'm going to go compete in sports and do something that my body's naturally built any for anyway, you're lifting weights because you're bigger and stronger you're doing pull-ups because your body's more adapt, adapt to it because grid rewards that. So it's literally probably besides, you know, curling, this one of the safer sports to play, honestly. So the, the amount of passion you just got from that, I like I've had a similar reaction to that conversation. When I was in college, I had to do a, a research study on exactly that, on injury rates and CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the majority of that, oh, kipping looks dangerous mindset comes from a, a study that was by the NSCA that was proven untrue years later. It was completely falsified. There's been like a, a very expensive lawsuit ongoing and then settled in which CrossFit made a lot of money off of the NSCA uh, because they just falsified a study that is then like permeated into people's consciousness many years later, you know? Right. Um, and like you yeah, said, man, it's a sport. It's, right. it's sport. You take a risk in sport. Yeah. You, you got people, you know, hanging off of the side of a cliff with no safety net. And that's their sport. A little bit higher risk than, you know, doing a butterfly muscle up. A little bit. Um, but, you know, I think it's so funny because 
the way CrossFit has traditionally approached these situations has just made people feed fuel to the fire of like, they're going to, you know, they're going to fight. And I don't think, you know, I think the new leadership is, is taking a little bit different approach, which I welcome, honestly. But I think the way they have in the past is just led to people creating like these CrossFit fails videos and like, you know, just trying to demean the sport because they come off. So, you know, kind of like just, or they used to come off. So like, just let us do our thing, respect, you know, forget you or like, you know, combative rather than constructive. Yeah, too cool, too cool for you. And they, when they shouldn't have been, right. when we were trying to teach people about a brand new thing. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. I, I think, uh, I think they're gonna like that answer. So that's good. Um, <laughs> that's so, good one. Ruby, I was told by a little birdie to ask you about your passion for dancing. <laughs> okay. And, and specifically your passion for teaching other people about dancing. Okay. <laughs> so apparently you have, a, you have a history with that? Um, yeah, so I've been a dancer my whole life. It's like my number one thing I do. I don't even think about doing it. I just dance every day. <laughs> Another huge difference between Mather and I. Um, <laughs> after college, I moved to California because I wanted to be a backup dancer for Britney Spears and it didn't work out so well. So I came home after a year. Um, but that's probably a little known fact about me. I, I did not. And I'm so happy. I know that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so when I came back, I started, this was like around the same time that, that Mather and I and our mom started working together. I thought to my, a couple of friends asked me to teach them how to dance for their weddings. So, you know, I didn't have um, experience with it. They just knew I knew how to dance. And so two different friends who were getting married a week apart asked me to, to teach them how to dance for their weddings. And so we were like, this could be something. And so since, you know, we were a website design company, my, my mom and my brother designed a logo and a website and we threw it up and, and, you know, I, really didn't market it that much. I put it up on like the not.com or something like that. And over about 10 years, I grew it to, to be about probably like half of my income. Um, you know, I was, I was teaching hundreds of couples a year and I had really good feedback because I came at it from, you know, a, a kind of you know, you, you, you go and learn a wedding dance and it's like, this is the most important thing of your whole day. And I took the opposite approach. It was like, this is just dancing. It's fine. But it was also kind of like therapy because, you know, a, a couple learning how to dance, there's generally speaking one that is a little bit more anxious and, um, you know, controlling. And there's one that's usually a little bit more, you know, uh, sure, whatever you say kind of person. And in dancing, it's usually the opposite. You know, the, in, in traditional dance, the male is the lead and the male has to tell the female what to do. And this is also true in, in gay couples um, that, that I have taught that like in my experience. So learning to switch those roles, I've had couples say that their entire relationship is different because they went through a couple of classes with me and learned how to communicate not with like, you know, talking at each other in a, you're doing this wrong kind of way, but through a completely different language of, um, you know, movement and, and body language and stuff. It's really, really cool. I got into it for a very long time. I kept doing it. We moved out to Downingtown, had a baby. I kept doing it for a little while. And um, I, you know, beginning of the pandemic, I was just like, I got to take my website down. Like I just, 
I can't, I don't have time. I have to now get like childcare. It's a whole big thing just to have one class. Um, but it's something I wish I, I could get back to someday because it's, it's really fun to watch people get it, you know, to say like, oh, here's where the beat is. I'm going to learn where that is and I'm going to move my feet to it. And then I'm going to like lead her to do it with me. And it's just, it's really cool. I love dance. Well, <laughs> I, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the big beacons to look forward to at the, the upcoming Europa games is apparently to catch Ruby dancing at every single match. I was told to make sure that we had camera on that constantly. <laughs> Marlone, <laughs> my favorite DJ Marlone always throws on some Britney for me and that gets me going. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so happy. I did. I now know that you were doing Britney Spears backup dancing. That makes me happy in a way you can't understand. Okay. Here, I didn't actually get to be Britney Spears' backup dancer. I just wanted to. And I do know all of her dances from like, circa 2000 I know all of them still <laughs> well Google here we come so um final question very important very important question Mather <laughs> what's up with that lawnmower bro <laughs> you mean my manly lawnmower <laughs> just choked on just that choked. a little bit anyone who can't see <laughs> Yeah, so I have what you, what would be classified as um, the manliest lawnmower you've ever seen. <coughs> Children's lawnmower. So, yeah, I like, um, I try to be sustainable and uh, also financially responsible. So I bought a very small lawnmower that's battery powered and... Um, and I look completely ridiculous when I use it because it's tiny. But it's not the only thing that makes me look completely ridiculous and then I'm fine with. So just roll with, with another thing. <laughs> I actually like it. It's, uh, it gets the job done. And it serves all my objectives. Just to, give, just to give everybody a visual, he literally has to like bend over <laughs> to move on. Yeah, Bri yeah, Riley sent me a video of it and I couldn't believe it was real. <laughs> yeah, my, my oh. neighbor who uh who we didn't know at the time because we just moved came over he's like you know it looks like there should be bubbles blowing out of that lawnmower <laughs> 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 i'm like yeah they probably should <laughs> it kind of looks like a baby's first shaving kit but for lawnmowers <laughs> oh that man is guys is, is there anything that you'd like to bring up that we didn't go over um, I guess like just real quick question for you, uh, you know, being involved with the Florida good league, you have a lot of your own serious ambitions, you know, you own three gyms. I have an idea of where you want to go with that. And, you know, we've talked about that before. Um, what's, you know, that takes a lot of time and energy and you have big vision, big goals. Uh, you want to support a lot of people. What, uh, what makes you want to be involved with something that also takes a lot of time and effort and focus. Um, and that's being in the, in the sport of grid when 
maybe not directly, at least on the surface, it doesn't contribute to your bigger goals with, with shark bite. But, um, but I'm just curious. That's a great question. I don't know if I've ever told either of you this. So every year at the end of the season, I reevaluate that, right? Like after, after the, the hangover you talked about, you know, like mm -hmm. I let that go away. And then I think, okay, you know, is, is, does this still meet the goals that I need and want it to meet? Like, am I still bought into what I was when we had that first conversation, you know? Um, and every year the answer has been yes. And it's been yes, because there's, there's probably like emotional reasons and then logical reasons, right? Logically, it provides benefits that I probably couldn't get other ways, right? I, I get a professional network that is literally top tier. I mean, you guys, Alina, the other team owners, uh, every ref that I become friends with, every player I become friends with, you know, you, you both know that I've hired people to run our gyms through this team. We, we've, th there are logical benefits to it, right? But then emotionally, man, it is just so much fun. You know, like it's, it, it gets stressful just like anything that you're passionate about gets stressful, but it's fun. I, I look forward to this. This is a, this is a, a part of, you know, when I, when I put my food on my plate, this takes up a spot. Like it, 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 and it's earned that spot because it's something that I feel like I gain intrinsic value from, you know, um, I'm, I'm a player now, full transparency. Don't think that's going to last much longer. I've hit my peak and I'm on the way down. Uh, but that's like the least cool part of it, you know, the getting to, getting to be a part of all these other people, kind of like what you said, Ruby, who want to be a part of it and want to grow and want to learn and want to push it forward. Getting to be part of that is like a drug, you know, it's so much fun. It is so, so much fun and so fulfilling. So every year when I do my little reevaluation at the end of the season of like, okay, is this something I want to continue doing? I think the logical portion would have to get pretty damn low for that part to not outweigh it no matter what, you know? Um, yes, that, that's probably why. That's awesome. I don't think I've ever told either of you I do that before either, so, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, it, I've, I've asked team owners before a similar question because everybody's driven. Everybody's got lots of goals. And, um, and ourselves included, like, you know, grid doesn't pay our bills, you know, just so everybody knows. Grid does not pay our bills. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it has to fit into, you know, our lives. And I think, and, and so while all we talk about on things like this is the FGL, our lives are made up of a lot more than that. So we have to have that evaluation every year as well. And we had that evaluation when we went from the NPGL to, to, to the Florida Good League. And what's interesting to me in your answer is none of it has to do with the significance of the sport in the future. And um, for me, that's a big driver. Like that, that's, but it's different for other people. So that's kind of what I was getting at. But I knew that about you after the conversations we were having, you know, I guess it was like six months ago when we were talking about like, where is the future of the sport going? You know, and that, uh, that answer was very different amongst the team owners. And it was something that um, was, was surprising to me. So I love that answer because there's no better value than what you get right now. And you're getting enough right now, no matter what, to really benefit from it. Uh, and that's the way I feel too, but I'm also driven by what I see the future to be, 
you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With the sport. So. Right. If it's it's good now, it can only be much better as we go on. Right. It can only be a higher return on that anyway. Right. Exactly. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks (laughs) for being a part of the league. Um, It's been an awesome ride. Can't wait for much more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you to both of you, seriously, uh, you know, for stuff outside of this podcast and for coming on this podcast. Thank you. I'm I'm excited for the season. Um, Real quick, Ruby Mather, how would people find you if they wanted to? (sighs) Nice. (laughs) On Instagram, uh, FL Grid League. There we Um, go. And then just if you Google Florida Grid League, you can find it. Me personally, I'm MatherWiz, M-A-T-H-E-R-W-I-Z on Instagram. Um, that covers me, basically. Ruby doesn't know her Instagram handle. I think I'm Rube's Irene. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> I have like 25 followers, so I don't post that. But I do do yeah. like behind the scenes grid stuff sometimes. So if you're interested in grid, <laughs> come follow yeah. me. If somebody wanted to find out more about the grid league, how would they, how would they contact the league? The, the website, thefdl.com or floridagridleague.com. Cool. Yeah. And like anything, you know, interested in working with us, interested in just coming to the events or like how to live stream or watch live streams or whatever, you know, where we answer every single email, somebody on the team will get back to you. Yeah. Cool beans. Thank you guys. Thank you, man. Thank it's been you. awesome. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today on the Shark Bite Show. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition or on our website at sharkbitefitness.com. If you'd like to find out more about our guests, their information will be in the show notes. If you'd like to talk to us about getting more fit, feel free to schedule a free no sweat intro at one of our locations in Cape Coral, Fort Myers, or Naples, Florida.